This is Daylight Magazine coming to you from Adventist World Radio Ghana, the voice of hope. Ghana, voice of hope. Today's Daylight Magazine has segments designed with you in mind. Stay tuned and be blessed. was many years ago in the time of the Bible that they took him up to Calvary. They could have let him go, but instead they chose Barabbas just to set another criminal free. When they crucified the ever-loving can master with compassion flowing from his eyes. Well, he said to a thief who was begging him for mercy that today I live in paradise. And I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, like the criminal on the cross. Praise God, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. No more to suffer loss. Well, he said I'd live in paradise. And he's taken care of the cost. Hallelujah. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Like the criminal on the cross. Well, on the judgment day, when all the people gather around him and they wait to hear what he will declare, what he will there declare. will never ever be more intense anticipation that has ever happened anywhere. Anyway. When they call my name to defend my reputation, there is only one thing I can say. I'm a wretch, I'm a worm, I'm a no-good sinner, but he said I'll save you anyway. Oh, and I'm saved, I'm saved. I'm saved. like the criminal on the cross. Praise God, I'm saved. I'm saved. No more to suffer loss. Well, he said I'd live in paradise. And he's taken care of the cost. Hallelujah, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved like the criminal on the cross. Well, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved through Jesus. For our reflections, we shall look at Genesis chapter 31, verses 30 to 41. Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country of Gilead when Laban overtook him, and Laban and his relatives camped there too. Then Laban said to Jacob, What have you done? You've deceived me, and you've carried off my daughters like captives in war. Why did you run off secretly and deceive me? Why didn't you tell me so I could send you away with joy and singing to the music of timbrels and harps? You didn't even let me kiss my grandchildren and my daughters goodbye. You have done the foolish thing. I have the power to harm you. But last night, the God of your father said to me, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. You just listened to the audio version of Genesis chapter 31, verses 30 to 41.
What do you choose? Eternal damnation in hellfire or eternal life in a golden city? Hell was not made for any man but the devil. Dear listener, don't allow him to deceive you to sin to join him in hell. Accept Jesus Christ today as your personal savior. Get baptized into a true Bible-believing church and live daily for the Lord with the help of the Holy Spirit. Your eternal life will be guaranteed. God bless you. Dear listeners, if you just tune in, the program is Go Green. We were discussing renewable resources, part two. And today we are talking about handling waste, what we call as waste or anything that we see as waste. We have a resource person here, Mr. Akun Kakari Uria, and I'm your host, Jemima Asian. Let's move on to another resource that we may consider as waste. Rainwater. Rainwater. Is rainwater really waste? That is what we want to know. Should we allow it to even go waste? That's the question. Yes. Should we? (laughs) (laughs) Your view on that? Yeah. We have to make hay while the sun shines. So when it's raining, what do we do? When we are making hay while the sun shines, we make water when it rains. Okay. So we have to make water when it rains. We have to save water. Especially now that we can't completely rely on the Ghana Water Company. Yeah. Sometimes you open your tap and there is air flowing. <laughs> your meter will be reading. The most painful part is you'll be under the shower, then it stops. <laughs> you know, you'll be here, especially we rely on these tankers, water tankers to yeah. provide water. And sometimes the yellow gallon costs as much as 50 pesos. And even that, you'd have to travel some distance to carry it. So considering all these problems, and fortunately too, in OEB and around Dodoa, when it rains, it rains very heavily for a long period of time. The last time I tried harvesting water, I had three of the yellow gallons. Okay. I was very happy. I could use that for two weeks just for bathing. Okay. That's under pressure. So I minimized (laughs) it. Okay, that goes to our next question. You've actually entered it. Can it be harvested? Yes. I think you have started with that. Yeah, it can be harvested. And there are so many ways people use to harvest their water. I mean, so many traditional ways. I'm yet to know of a more scientific way. I'm looking forward to see a day where the skies will be aligned with some pipelines or some big funnel. Really? When it rains, everything goes into it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just imagining a day like that. <laughs> but until then, for now, 
on our rooftops, just at the edge of the roof. Yeah. You employ the use of some curved aluminium metals so that the water from the rooftops will run into this curved aluminium metal. Then it's directed to kind of the grand tank or a gallon, a bucket. But in my case, I just place the bucket just at the edge of the roof okay. so that the water that's pouring from the rooftop gets into the buckets. The best way to get enough water is the use of the curved aluminum metal people use. Some people even use the um, the big pipelines. They cut it okay. into two and they have that shape. You fix it up there and it directs the water into it. When you go to some of our neighboring countries, Burkina Faso, Cote d'Ivoire, it's been reported that they dig holes. Okay. And when it rains, it fills them and they go fetch it out. Really? Yes. Just like a well. Just like a well. But this, uh, sometimes it's very shallow, not that deep. Like okay, we like have. a well. They go, they fetch it. So there are so many ways. I'm sure research is going on how best it can be done. But for now, the use of the pipelines, the curved aluminum metal on the sides and edges of our rooftops can help to harvest rain a lot. Okay, actually, um, I think they are called gutters or gutters. Yes. Um, So that means we can all harvest rain water wherever we are. We should all harvest it. Yes, as far as we live in houses that have roof, we can have but a swing. Little caution should be given to places like the mining areas, especially places where they practice the surface mining, okay. like my place of birth, Pristia. Because of the surface mining and the use of heavy metals and chemicals, there was a point in time back in 2007-2008, when you pass through the rain, you start having some itchy skin, white skin, mm. and this is because of the gaseous elements in the sky. And when it rains, it brings it down to the earth. When you pass through it, you have some skin uh, rashes and some itches here and there. So I'm sure by now they are taking care of it. So at a point in time, they were not advising that citizens in Pristia drink the rainwater. Okay. Unfortunately, that's what we rely on. We rely on the rainwater and water from the mountain, the dug wells and all that. It was a big problem. So attention to be given to those mining areas. And now that we are all going into the industry, we are all producing big factories, big industries, car fumes here and there. That poses the problem. But most mm-hmm. often, when you're able to store them in your polytanks, your underground tanks, you leave them there, you take them through filters and carbon exchange and iron exchange centers, it becomes healthier for drinking. Other than that, you use them for the washing, the cooking, the flushing of toilets. Go. Yes, I wanted to actually, that was the next thing, if it was safe for use. Do you have to treat it before? Yes. You can just take it, just put your bucket or your barrel or whatever at the edge of the roof and then just harvest the water and then right away, take it to your kitchen or wherever you want to and then use it. Do you have to treat it or you just... You have to treat it. It's important to treat the rainwater. Okay. Even though you might not be from a mining area, it's still important you treat it because of the dust. Sometimes you get birds, hawks, crows sitting on your rooftop. 
they poo, and when it rains, all of these things mix with the rain and it calms down. Traditionally, when it rains, your mom would tell you that wait for a while before you go to fetch it. Yeah. This to allow the rooftops to be cleaned by the rain. But who knows, maybe there would be a stubborn poo that couldn't come out and would come later, a dry one, or fall into it. The dust and all the sound, you don't know what's in the air. So it's better you treat it, at least filter it. Okay. And if you want to drink it, you can go ahead and boil it. Like our grandmothers do with some pots, they boil the water and it is good, good for drinking. So okay. it should so be treated. If it's, it should be treated, how can it be done? Do we need any chemical or just by what you said? Uh, I wouldn't sit here and say use this chemical or that chemical. That will, I'll leave to the experts. But okay. the best way we can do that would be the use of filtrates. As using a filter, when you go to those who sell the water equipment, one I know, I think at that, they sell these water pumping machines and the filter and all that. You can get one. It's not that expensive. Two cities, five cities. You get a container. You run them through. It traps the beds and some other solids. So you can use that. And then you can use boiling. Okay. You boil, you get a clean cloth. You advise the white so that you can really see that it's clean. You pass it through. I mean, the traditional way of doing things were really helpful, except that the scientific mm-hmm. meaning wasn't there, and mm-hmm. we are not practicing them. But when, if we are able to go back to it and really apply science to the traditional way of doing things, it will be very, very helpful. So we boil, we filter with a white cloth, cloth or something, a filtrate that we can buy from the store. Okay. Use that. We go. Okay. How do we treat rainwater in a typical Ghanaian home? In a typical Ghanaian home, you get a clean cloth, put it over your buckets, pour the water into it. You can boil it first, pour it through the cloth, get it all, do that, and then boil it, cool it, then you can drink. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go for this short commercial break. I'm your host, Jemima Essien, and our regular guest, Mr. Akon Yuria Kakari. Don't go away. Be right back. For any inquiries or contribution, you can contact us on 233-2087-04532 or 244 or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, P.O. Box AF595, Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. Religion. Give me that old time 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 religion. Give me that old time
Christian and it's good enough for me. It was good for the prophet Daniel. It was good for the prophet Daniel. It was good for the prophet Daniel and it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion and it's good enough for me. It makes me love everybody. Makes me love everybody. Makes me love everybody. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. And it's good enough for me. It will take us all to heaven. It will take us all to heaven. It will take us all to heaven. And it's good enough for me. Well, give me that old He's waiting and watching, watching for you. Hello, my dear listener. You are welcome to Moment of Truth. Today, I'll be presenting to you Dr. Corantin Pipim's sermon on the compelling motivation to hold on. What is your thought about in vitro fertilization? So you have a lot of questions. Let me say uh, this. When we say in vitro fertilization, it is a case whereby a person, let's say a family, cannot have children of their own for various reasons. Either the man uh, cannot uh, produce a good sperm or the woman's ovary or whatever the reason is. And so there are two ways. Either um, the man donates some sperm. These are used to fertilize the woman's egg. The typical problem we face is this. Whether the sperms come from a donor or from the real husband, what typically happens is the doctors would give the woman some fertility drugs. She produces a lot of eggs. Then they harvest some of these eggs. Let's say they'll take half a dozen of these eggs, put them in a petri dish, and then try to fertilize them with the man's sperm or some donated sperm or whatever. Then using a microscope, they will look for any of those uh, fertilized eggs that is considered very healthy and then these are implanted in the womb of the woman or another woman in case of you know uh, whatever question is this right or wrong let's say they fertilize six eggs and then you use one what do you do with the remaining five are they also human beings if they are not human beings, then what's the big deal about abortion? If they are human beings, do you just throw them away, flush them down a toilet? See, these are ethical questions raised by technology. And we must think carefully about them. If you are not sure, and life tends to be at stake, think about another alternative. Adoption is one possibility. Increasingly, Christians are being exposed to questions we've never thought about. And we have to think biblically in addressing some of these things. So what is your view, your thoughts about in vitro fertilization? Technically, I have nothing against it. But procedurally, it raises many questions regarding what do you do with the remainder? 
And unless you have a biblical answer, don't even start. That's my thought on this. So why did Abraham listen to the voice that said, kill your son? It is very interesting that the word used is not go and kill your son. It's not ratach. It's the word holam. Go and offer your child as a sacrifice. That makes a difference. Whatever means God requires us to make sacrifice, Abraham understood God would ask him to make a sacrifice. But what is equally important to know, that he knew that whatever sacrifice it was, God will bring back the child. He said, I go with the Lord to offer sacrifice and we shall return. Whatever way it was, whether it's resurrection or whatever means, he knew God will come through. In the principles, to make a distinction between ceremonial and the moral Ten Commandment law, the closest we have is what the Bible itself teaches. We do know the moral law, Ten Commandments. Those are clear and absolute. The ceremonial laws, we can learn from them. They point to Jesus Christ as our sacrifice, as our priest. And there are a lot. In fact, I did a whole sermon series on that one, pointing to some majestic aspects of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we must not confuse them. Ceremonial laws, because they are often set aside, you know, they are not always binding. Let me illustrate it in case none of you brings up the question, because one of the things that often comes up is uh, the story in Matthew 12. Jesus calls attention to David who went to the temple in the days of Ahimelech the priest. Abimelech the priest. And then he and his sons, after they went through the ceremonial cleansing, were given of the showbread, which the ceremonial law said only the priest could eat it. Some of our friends read this text and say, Therefore, David sinned, but God understood. Did David really sin? When you read the Matthew account, it was Jesus who raised up this point, and he said what David did was permissible. So first of all, it wasn't sin. Jesus said it was permissible. Then the question is, where did Jesus get the permissibility from? Because in the Old Testament, God said only priests could eat of the shoe bread. So this is what a studious Bible student does. Because Jesus has given you a clue that what, Jesus, uh, what David did was right, then go back to the Old Testament to see whether you can find it. And lo and behold, when you go to the Old Testament, you are going to find it. The account is recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 21. There we are told David and his men were very hungry, went to Abimelech and requested to be given the bread to eat. Abimelech, the priest, didn't know what to do because the Old Testament said, God had instructed, only the priest could do so. So Abimelech said, okay, wait a minute. I am going to consult God. You find this in 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 10. The next chapter, verse 10. So this priest went and consulted God. And God said, yes, let David and his men eat it, provided they ceremonially clean themselves. And they did it. So God, who gave the ceremonial law, also gave specific instruction. By the way, there's another story to it. David was also a symbol of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the son of David. There are a lot of things that go in there. My point is, what David did, according to the Bible, was not wrong. When you go back to the Old Testament, 
the text clearly indicates they consulted with the Lord and God gave them permission. Okay, the question about the false ID papers. Is it ever right to use false identity papers to escape? It is a form of deception and lying. So it's never right. By the way, uh, that is the account, or at least I get a story from Nelson Mandela, who was uh, jailed for 27 years at, you know, Robben Island, Cape Town. While he was in jail, he was also offered that proposal. Nelson Mandela, we know you are innocent. We are going to help you escape. We give you false ID papers. We mapped out a plan to let him escape. He said, no, I'm not going to use it. Later on, after he was out, it became clear that actually the false ID papers were the apartheid regime's security mechanism to help him escape. Then they would kill him, saying he broke jail and he was shot in the crossfire. We never know the future. That is why it is important always to do the right thing. And leave consequences in God's hands. You've just been listening to Dr. Cranting Pippin's sermon. A continuation will be brought to you later. Thank you very much for staying with us. Once again, you can reach us on 233-2087-04532 or 0244-235-017 or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF595 Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. A-W-R Ghana Voice of Hope I believe today's magazine has been a blessing. May the good Lord's hand be in your life. Amen. Remember to tune in same time tomorrow. Bye for now. <laughs>